Coming up on Moody Presents with Dr. Mark Joe. If you let your mind dwell in negativity, you become a negative person. If you let your mind dwell in worst case scenario all the time, then you start thinking worst case scenario all the time. Some people that, that think negative all the time and worst case scenario, they, they become paranoid. Welcome back to Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job. He's the president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. You know, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. But you look around, you don't see a whole lot of peace these days. And sometimes there's not a whole lot of peace in our homes, not a lot of peace in our hearts. In fact, we're downright distressed. Well, if that's you, today's message is just for you. There is peace for the distressed. We're looking at Philippians chapter 4, and in this chapter we find four habits that Mark Job says we need to embrace. We looked at one of those habits last week. Learn to release relational anger and resentment quickly. We're going to learn now what the next habit is as we continue with part two of our message here on Moody Presents. Here's Dr. Mark Job. And so it's no coincidence that the Apostle Paul starts this passage by dealing with a concrete incident that was happening in the church between these two women. And so the idea here is release the baggage quickly. And here's what I want you to know about releasing baggage, by the way. Suddenly all those feelings that you thought you had released are all back again. And you said, I thought I released them. I thought I forgave them. Why am I feeling the same way? Because here's the way it works. Forgiving and releasing is not something you do once a year at a retreat. Forgiving and releasing is an attitude of life. It's a habit that you practice. The second habit that we need to practice in maintaining our peace is found in verses 4 and 5. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Rejoice in the Lord always. When? Always. You say, well, that can't be right. What does it say in the Greek? Always. And in case you didn't understand it, he says, and I will say it again, rejoice. Now, I want you to notice what it says and what it doesn't say. I believe that your default mode in life needs to be a celebration mode. What does it mean to be rejoice? To rejoice means that you celebrate, that you look for the good and you enjoy it. Rejoicing means that you, that you have a spirit of, uh, of joy and elation over what? Not over your circumstances, but it says rejoice in whom? In the Lord. It doesn't tell us to rejoice in our circumstances. It doesn't say rejoice in every circumstance always. You don't have to get a flat tire and say, yay, I got a flat tire. Man, I'm so excited about this. I'm really happy. That's strange. (laughs) What you do is you rejoice that no matter what you're going through, God is still good. He's still on the throne. He hasn't changed. He doesn't vary from day to day, month to month. He's faithful. He's good. He's loving. He's forgiving. He's merciful. He's full of compassion. God is still good all the time. God is good. So you rejoice in the Lord always, even though your circumstances may vary from good to bad to worse to really ugly to excellent. Your circumstances may vary, but God never changes. So you rejoice in the Lord 
always. And by the way, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. When you're not rejoicing, the opposite of rejoicing is complaining. When you start complaining and murmuring about things, you get cranky, aggravated, and frustrated. When you're rejoicing, it's easier to be gentle because you, 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 you're full of compassion. And he says, let your gentleness be known to all. Why? The Lord is near. It's almost like a warning. Hey, God is near, so be gentle. Be patient with people. When you're, start, when you're aggravated, when you're stressed, you're short with people. Your temper's short. You, you, you don't give people a lot of leeway. Here he says, rejoice always. Let your gentleness be known. Why? Because the Lord is near. How is the Lord near? Well, he could come at any day, first of all. Secondly, the Lord is near because he's present all the time, everywhere. The Lord is close. He's right up in your face. He's in the room when you're dealing with your kid and you're stressed out. The Lord is near. Yeah, he was there on Black Friday, too. <laughs> it's something how when, when you get around other people that are stressed, you get, it elevates your stress level, right? Now, I'm not a big Black Friday shopper, but my wife is the consummate Black Friday shopper. She plans a strategy. She organizes what aisle she's going to run down. She's got her team together. I think she even puts elbow pads and knee pads ready to, you know, she, so, so, so she's prepared. She's, she's got her system, and boy, can she get deals. She looks forward to it. She was bummed that they open at 12 now. It's just she wanted him to open at 2 in the morning so she could get revved up and go do it. Go, go get those deals. But get around people that are stressed. I saw in footage of some stores, I believe it was in New York, when the doors open, everybody's in war mode and people got trampled under. Why? Because people are, are really stressed out, ready to get there. And when you get in that environment where stress is happening, then, then everybody gets stressed out and you get in a feisty fighting mode. And so what he's telling us in this passage is that as we rejoice always in the Lord, we we develop an attitude that's an attitude of compassion towards people, not short fuse, because we know that the Lord is near. So learn to celebrate life continually. Number three, in verses six through seven, learn to engage in stress-releasing prayer. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Anything does not give you wiggle room. Anything. That means there is nothing happening in your life that should legitimately be giving you anxiety as a follower of Jesus. Nothing. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So let's stop and unpackage this for a moment. God doesn't give you the option of anxiety. Anxiety is not an option for a believer. Anything's a comprehensive word. Basically what he's saying is if you have anxiety right now, fear, stress and anxiety over something that you're not living or walking in the will of God, that that is not God's will for you to live that way or operate in that mode. It's not God's will. You say, well, 
how do I fight it then? Pastor, you don't know what I'm facing. I mean, there's some mega issues in my life that I just can't stop thinking about and they stress me out. Well, he gives us the antidote in the following verses. He says, but in everything, in everything, this needs to be a regular part of our life. Anytime that you feel any anxiety springing up, any fear, any stress, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Now he gives us a, he gives us a, a type of prayer that when you engage in this type of prayer, it actually is the antidote to anxiety. A couple of the ingredients of this prayer are, first of all, we need to be praying. Instead of worrying when something comes up and complaining, we need to be praying. Talk to God. When something comes up, engage in God. There's something that comes to my mind. I'm concerned about it. Let me talk to you, God, first about it. I engage in dialogue with God. Secondly, it says petition. That word petition has to do with a specific prayer request that you're lifting to God. What is it that you really are asking God for as you talk with Him and something is on your heart? What is it specifically that you want from God and that you're asking God for? So I start talking to God when I have anxiety, something's coming to me to cause me anxiety, and I get specific about what I'm asking God for, and here's the clincher. This is the ingredient I think that most of us leave out. It says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Most of us want to thank God after the prayer has been answered. The Apostle Paul is saying, I want you to pray and ask God and thank God. Package your petition in thanksgiving. Because I, I've talked about this before, so some of you have heard me talk about this, but I believe that some people, when they, when they talk about prayer, they say, Pastor, prayer is not working for me. I've been stressed, so I go to God, I spend 20 minutes in prayer, and I felt worse, depressed, and discouraged after I prayed. You know, when I get into asking them, well, how did you pray? Here's how your prayer goes, something like this. Oh, Lord. They're laying people off at work. I know I'm going to be one of them. My boss doesn't like me. He's always had it out for me. I don't like him either, Lord. But, but God, I, I just, they're going to lay me off. And I know when they lay me off, I'm not going to be able to pay my, my, my rent at my apartment. Me and my son, we're going to have to move back to my mother's house. God, you know how my mother is. God bless her soul, but she's a nag. Lord, oh God, she's going to be nagging me about everything. And she's going to be telling me, I knew you'd end up at the house. I knew you couldn't make it on your own. And she's going uh, to nag me about this, that I need to find a man and a husband. And just, you know, Joey down the street still asking about me. And God, do I have to really put up with that? And then she's going to put me on that bed that has lumps all over it. My back's going to start hurting. I'm going to have to go to the chiropractor. It's going to cause tension between my parents. It's going to be crazy there. I'm going to feel like a 16-year-old kid. Oh, God, help me. Pastor, I just spent 20 minutes in prayer. It didn't help me at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just spent 20 minutes in a complaining session. What Philippians is saying is that's the wrong kind of praying. Oh, you can be honest with God. 
But you can't travel down the road of negativity, travel down the road of worst case scenario, travel down the road of the worst, because that's praying in the dark. And he says, I want you to pray in the light. So instead, your prayer needs to be something like this. God, they're laying people off at work. Oh, Lord, you know I need a job. So I'm praying, Lord, open up a job for me. Let me keep my job or open up a job that can supply my needs and overflow in blessing to others. And Lord, let me thank you because you are Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides all of my needs according to your riches and glory. And I thank you that you are the door opener, God. And I thank you that you ha I have never seen, your word says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. And I thank you that you've been faithful. I thank you that you never let me down. I thank you that I cannot see the future, but you have a plan, God. I thank you that you are the God of multiplication, Father. I thank you that as I sow seeds, they come back way above what I sowed, God. I thank you that you care. I thank you, Lord, that you're the God of miracles. I bless you, Lord, because you have a plan and it involves me and it's a good plan for my life. You see, that's praying with thanksgiving. You're listening to Moody Presents with Dr. Mark Job. Christmas brings hope. That's our series title. And we're looking at Philippians 4 with a reminder that there is peace for the distressed. Maybe that's exactly how you feel right now, distressed. We've got good news for you. We'd love to send you our exclusive Joy Note Cards. This beautiful collection of blank note cards features scripture verses paired with stunning nature photos, all taken by Moody alumni and staff. And here's the cool thing, on the reverse side, you'll find encouragement in a brief devotional. Inspired by this year's scripture calendar, these cards will help you share God's love with others while giving you some peace as you navigate through the stressful times that inevitably come to all of us. If you're finding hope in short supply, you'll especially enjoy these beautiful scripture note cards. And once again, you can give your year-end gift right now at moodypresents.org moodypresents.org. Let's discover another one of those habits that you and I need to embrace. Peace for the distressed here on Moody Presents. Your cup can only be full of so many things. Your cup is either going to be full of faith or fear. It can't be full of, of both. The more fear you have, the less faith you have. The more faith you have, the less fear you have. And so, the Apostle Paul says, when you engage in that kind of praying, I'm engaging in a praise party while you're answering my prayer because I believe before I see it that you've already heard me and that you care and that you have the best in mind for me. So I'm praising you while I'm praying. I'm thanking you in advance because I know you've heard me. You're engaging in that kind of prayer. And here's the result. In exchange, here's what it says. In exchange... You pray with petition, thanksgiving. You present your requests before God that way. Listen, you release it at the feet of God and the peace of God. What kind of peace? The peace of God. Not just peace, 
But the peace of God, where did this peace come from? It came from the heart of God. Where was it created? It was created in the heavenlies. What kind of peace is it? Not a natural, worldly, earthly peace. It's a supernatural, heavenly, spiritual peace. It's different than the peace of the world. It's God's peace. He's the prince of peace, the author of peace, the originator of peace. The peace of God that transcends all understanding. You can't even comprehend it, diagnose it, diagram it. You cannot understand it intellectually because it's a supernatural peace that's created in the heart of God. And the peace of God which passes understanding or transcends comprehension, this peace of God will be released into your life. And what does the peace of God do? Oh, it's a very unique peace. The peace of God that release from the heart of God, it will guard your hearts and your mind. Guard? Yeah, guard. Now Paul uses a military terminology to describe what a garrison or a security troop does to secure a, a safe site. He describes military forces that surround a place that they're trying to protect and that they put themselves in formation so that the enemy cannot penetrate the security fence, their security fence that they've put. In other words, what he says is, when you pray this kind of way, the peace of God will surround your heart and your thinking and will fight off the enemy of anxiety and fear that tries to penetrate your heart. The peace of God starts surrounding you. Fear starts to approach. A thought flashes through your mind. And the peace of God says, back off. This is a safe haven. You're not allowed in this place. You can't enter this place. I'm shielding this place. Have you ever felt the peace of God when it comes like that? When you should be worried, anxious, bent over, rocking back and forth in a cradle position? No, no, no. But instead, you're walking normal, happy, safe, and sound. Not because you're ignoring reality. Not because you have your head in the sand like an ostrich and are ignoring the facts and realities of life. Simply because the, the heavenly peace of God is surrounding your heart and mind and you feel His protection. And you're walking like, I know I probably should be broken. I know I should be worried. I know I should be really frazzled in my nerves. But I'm not because I feel the peace of God surrounding me, guarding me, protecting me. I'm walking in the bubble of God's peace and he's protecting me because he is the prince of peace he will guard your hearts and minds in who in Christ Jesus and the fourth habit you need to learn to practice to have the peace of God released into your life is learn to think in the light he tells us in verse 8, finally, brothers. And then he tells us how to think. Some people think that you can't be taught how to think. That your mind is sort of this wild horse that just goes wherever it wants to go and you just have to 
lasso it and try to follow after it. Some people think their mind is unrestrained, that you can't guard it, guide it, that it just takes you wherever it wants to take you. But I believe that the Bible teaches us that we can channel our thinking, that we can direct our thinking, that like a wild horse, it has to be tamed and bridled. It has to be, it's con, it has a lot of energy and it's constantly moving, but we can bridle our thoughts and give direction to our thoughts. Because if that were not so, God wouldn't tell us to do something that we don't have the power to do. He says, finally, brothers, whatever's true. Well, let me start with what it says at the end. He says, think about these things or think in this way. How are we to think? Well, think about what things? What, what things are we to think about? Whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. That's what I mean, thinking in the light. The opposite is think about whatever's not true, deceitful or lying, whatever's not worthy, undignified, whatever's not right, whatever's impure, whatever's ugly, whatever we can't admire, whatever's not excellent or whatever's degradable, or loathly think about those things. God is telling us if you want to keep the peace of mind, then you need to think in the light and keep your thoughts in the light. Listen, the Bible says as a man thinks, so he is. If all you think about is, if, you're, if you let your mind dwell in negativity, you become a negative person. If you let your mind dwell in worst case scenario all the time, then you start thinking worst case scenario all the time. Now, some people that, that think negative all the time and worst case scenario, they, they become paranoid. And what Paul is telling us to do is he's telling us that our mind needs to dwell on the truth, not the lie. Dwell on what's good, what's noble. And you say, well, pastor, I just have a negative mind. I always go there. That's just the way I am. Then I want to tell you, you can change the way you think. Listen to me well. You cannot change the thoughts that flash through your mind. But you can determine how long you dwell on the thoughts that flash through your mind. Okay? You're watching a television program, it's the news, and suddenly they cut, cut to commercial, and there's a racy Victoria's Secret commercial there. Your boys are there, I my, my, my kids. So, hey, the commercial comes on. Can I do anything about it? No, I was watching the news. The commercial comes on, but guess what I have? I have something called a changer. It's a beautiful invention. And suddenly it changes. The, your mind's the same way. 
You can't help that you have a negative critical thought that flashes up in your mind, but you can click the channels pretty quickly so that you go to another channel and say, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to deliberately click the channel. You can't help that your mind goes to the channel of worry, but you can click that channel. You can't help that your mind has flashes of anger over what people have done to you in the past, but you can click that channel. You can't help that your mind goes to the negative dark places in life and you and, and you have a flash of worst case scenario there, but you can can click the channel pretty quickly in your mind and you can choose where you dwell in your thinking. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is telling us is that think about these things. And then he says, and he closes with this, and he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace be with you. I love that. The God of peace be with you. May his presence saturate your life and be. Peace for the distressed. A powerful message there from Dr. Mark Job here on Moody Presents. And you can hear it all again online at moodypresents.org. While you're there, we invite you to give a year-end gift and support this ministry. Help us finish this year strong at moodypresents.org. You'll find a button there you can click. And Now, maybe as you hear all this talk about hope and stress and distress, you say, man, I, I, I'm not quite sure where to turn. All I know is I'm not right with God. You know, that's an honest statement. And uh, here's your next move, if I could be so bold. Receive Jesus as your Savior. Yeah, receive him as your savior. Here's the good news. Ephesians 2.13 says, Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. So if you're feeling far from peace, far from God, draw near. Receive Jesus as savior. A friend is waiting to help you now at 888-NEED-HIM. 888-NEED-HIM. Next week on Moody Presents, we'll hear highlights from Candlelight Carols. That's the annual production that brings together the Moody Chorale, our worship collectives, gospel choir, and Moody Community Orchestra, plus a message, of course, from Dr. Mark Job. You don't want to miss it on Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.